Encore with Shannon Fogarty. Arts and entertainment for the Midlands. With the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Imagine the possibilities. DeanCrowTheatre.com It's Thursday and that means it's time for Encore on Midlands 103 with me, Shannon Fogarty. This is the Midlands dedicated arts show bringing you the absolute best of what's happening in the arts in Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. To get in touch, you can pop me a text 083 30 10 103. You can follow us across all of our social media channels at Midlands 103. Or if you want to be a part of the show, you can email me Encore at Midlands103.com. As usual, we have a busy show for you. So here's what's coming up in the next hour. Macron Affirma, Mr. Personality 2023, Mount Malik Man, Andrew Dunn will be on to tell us all about his new title. The CAP Awards for Independent Irish Authors are now open for submissions and Caroline Copland will be on to tell you how you can submit your work. And the talented Enya Martin will be on to spill all the details about her upcoming comedy show in the Mullingar Arts Centre on May 6th. Fun-filled hour here at Midlands 103. So let's start off the show with a story where some incredible leash artists are among the many anonymous artists involved with Jack and Jill's Children's Foundation's Incognito Art Sale. So I'm very lucky to be joined by local artist Hazel Green from Shinron and Carmel Doyle, CEO of Jack and Jill Children's Foundation, as they join me. So I'll go straight to you, Carmel. Can you tell our listeners a bit about this art sale and the value of it, not only for the foundation, but for the artists that take part? Oh, I think we might have lost Carmel, but I know we have Hazel. Hazel, how are you? Hello. Hi, Shannon. How do you feel about being involved in this um, this year's festival, the, the art sale? Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, this is my seventh year. I've, I've done it every year since it's been running. Um, and it's a, it's a fantastic opportunity for the, for the artists to help with, with such a good cause. And it's lovely. The auction actually goes live next Wednesday. So all the people who are up there to be seen at the moment. And you're one among... What is oh, one thousand artists are are a part of this? Yeah, there's a thousand artists and and a good few from from um, uh, from the Midlands, from Offaly here and 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 surrounding count, counties. Um, but it's a lovely it's a lovely cause to take part in. It's extremely worthwhile. It pays basically the the sale of the art pieces pays for nursing care. And support of the families of children, very young children that that have nursing needs. Um, as Jack and Jill's own nurse manager said, it turns art into currency. Um, so it's what we do. It's, we can we can make art. We can contribute, and it's our way of helping with this cause. And it's just a lovely thing to be to take part in. I mean, it's it's it's, it's joyful. It's just it really is. It's, it's so nice. And I have, I actually, yeah. sorry, I have um, Carmel Doyle, who is the CEO of Jack and Jill Children's Foundation with me now. Carmel, how are you? Hi, Shannon. Hi, Hazel. Thanks so much for talking <laughs> everything about Jack and, Jack and Jill and Incognito. Really appreciate it. This is brilliant. So, Carmel, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the Incognito art sale and the value of it, I guess, for not only for the foundation, but for the artists that take part? Sure. Um, well, Jack and, Jack and Jill uses Incognito as one of our best um, art sales and one of our best ways of fundraising. So it's been going now for about seven years and you have the whole collection there online. And what people need to do is just 
have a look at the collection and um, choose whatever piece of art they like and it all goes on sale next week. So Incognito has really turned art into a currency of care. Um, we look after uh, over 400 children across the country and what has happened here with these wonderful artists who donate their time and effort uh, to Jack and Jill is we raise the money through these through the collection and we expect to raise over 200,000 if we're lucky um, Shannon this year if everything goes on sale and, and if everything sells out and uh, that's really going to fund home nursing care hours for local children in the Midlands it's going to put nurses into homes and what Jack and Jill does is we actually fund um, up to 80 hours per family per month so it's 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 probably the I'd describe Incognito as the jewel in the crown in terms of Jack and Jill, and you know, fair play to all the local artists um, who actually support this every year. We couldn't do what we do without their help. Forty-three local artists taking part—it's just phenomenal. And I know Hazel has said that she's been involved since the start, so the effect that it has for them is in, is incredible. And I know it's been running for seven years. How has it evolved over those seven years? Well, Hazel will remember that we started off in the Solomon Gallery and um, all those years ago before COVID, we were able to get the artworks into the gallery and we weren't sure, Shannon, whether people would like this. I mean, with any new fundraiser, you're always worried, will people show up? Will people actually support it? Well, it was one of the happiest, happiest days of my life and Lucinda Hall's life who's the curator when we came out of the Westbury car park and we looked at the queue which had assembled right around the Solomon right around nearly to Stephen's Green uh, Shopping Centre. Now, you know, at that time, pre-COVID, we were able to go into galleries and we were in a gallery in Cork as well, the Lavis. But then this time, three years ago, the, the, the wool was pulled from under, the carpet was pulled from underneath us with COVID. So we had to transfer everything online. That was a big deal for us um, because, we, again, we wondered, will people be able to appreciate the art um, online, but the, the, the advantage is that having it all online means that people can buy from Ireland and people can buy internationally now. You don't have to queue up overnight. You can look at the collection today in your own uh, home, pick out the pieces you like, the pieces that you want, and uh, have a go for the art sale next week. We've got 3,000 pieces of art, but I can tell you we have about 15,000 shoppers interested in it. So hopefully we'll have We'll have a sellout next week. It has really evolved, and that's down to the hard work of the Jack and Jill team, of Lucinda Hall, who's been the curator, but most importantly, the artists like Hazel Green, like Lorraine Dunn from Mullingar, you know, a few of them, Catherine Brennan from Port Leash, Jane Walsh, I know, is there from Athlone, Jennifer Ryan from Port Arlington. But we also have some celebrities, and we've had everybody from Bruce Springsteen to Bob Geldof. Um, involved. We, this year we have Mary Black, we have um, Mark Feely from Westlife, Brian Kennedy, um, we have Emer Quinn from The Voice, Ronnie Wood has a postcard in there as well. So, you know, the, the great thing about it is for €65, Euro, you buy a piece of art that you really like, but you could end up with a signature on the back from somebody very famous, or if not, you could end up with an artist that you really appreciate, and then you contact them and you look um, you look at their studio and hopefully buy more. So it's a platform for showcasing art and raising funds for Jack and Jill, and that's why we say it's a real currency 
for care. So, you know, uh, we can't thank the artists enough. And Hazel, I'll be listening back. I'm sorry now it took me a while to get onto the line. But I'm so proud to know you and thank you for all your support over these years because we couldn't we couldn't put incognito. And, uh, you know, the collection, I think, this year is better than ever. And uh, it just takes about half an hour to look through it. There are so many beautiful original pieces of art there. I love that. That's so sweet. And Carmel, where can people go to register if they want to get involved in the sale? Um, incognito, I-N-C-O-G-N-I-T-O dot I-E. Or you can just go through our website, jackandjill.ie and just press on incognito, have a cup of coffee or whatever you like, go through it and you put your details up online, register um, and then you literally start putting into your wish list what you'd like to buy. And then on the 26th of April, the sale happens and the lucky people will uh, get the original pieces um, of art. But uh, when you think about it, Shannon, you know, we all have those anniversaries or birthdays where you're saying, gosh, well, I'd like to get somebody something a bit different. You know, for 65 euro, you can give somebody an original piece of art that you liked and uh, hopefully then they become a fan of the artist and um, a fan of Jack and Jill and everybody wins. They get a piece of art. We get fundraising that's going to allow us put these hours and these nurses into the homes that gives parents a break because the Jack and Jill service now is a very practical service. You know, it looks after children from birth to six years of age and uh, our nurses go into the home and give the families a break and let them get on with normally fam- normal family life, maybe GAA game down the road, a bit of shopping, whatever they do, safe in the knowledge that their child is well, well cared for at home. It's lovely because it's a win-win on, on, on both sides. Yes. It's a win for you know local artists to get all of their beautiful pieces out there like Hazel has. And again, for everyone at Jack and Jill and the families that depend on them. So I just want to thank the two of you for coming on and joining me tonight. Hazel, I wish you the best of luck. And Carmel, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so thank much, you Shanna. So much. Good no. luck, Hazel. Thank you. Thank you. Hazel and Carmel, thanks for joining me. And I wish, honestly, it'll be absolutely incredible. So make sure you head over to incognitoart.ie to register, or incognito.ie, sorry, to register so that you can buy one of those incredible pieces. Coming up after the break, I'll be chatting to Mr. Personality 2023 right here on Midlands 103. Encore on Midlands 183, thanks to the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre at Lane, with a wide range of flexible spaces, expertise and facilities to make your live stage production, corporate event or community function a success. Your theatre, our home. DeanCrowTheatre.com Welcome back to Encore with Shannon Fogarty. Now, I've been told that I have a big personality around the office, but I've never won an award for it. So, native... Leashman Andrew Dunn has won an award though. Andrew, thank you for coming on the show today. How are you? I'm not too bad at all. Thank you very much. So you're after winning Macra Nefirma's Mr. Personality contest. How does it feel to be recognised for your personality? Um, shocked, honestly. No, to be honest. Um, you know, it's, I'm delighted. Really, um, no, it's, it's probably the biggest achievement I've ever had. Now, so really, really, I'm delighted now. So, tell me a little bit more about how the competition went and what you had to to do to showcase your personality. Um, I suppose for anybody that doesn't know what it is, it's a, probably a, li- a little bit like the kind of Rosalie Tralee, but for men. Um, 
So um, it was a kind of a two-day competition. The first day, um, you've on-stage interviews. Um, they're four or five minutes long. It's kind of just kind of tell them a little bit about yourself and kind of any bit of talents you might have. And then if you had a party piece, you kind of you can do your party piece. And uh, that was kind of the first day. It's just mostly kind of getting to know people and getting to know the judges and whatever. Um, the second day then is um, private interviews, kind of with the with the three judges, and that's where you kind of go into far more detail of who you are and what you're about, and kind of you know what your interests are, and you know. Um, and then after that was an awful lot of kind of team bonding, as kind of let's say describing it. It was mostly kind of throwing lads around the field, but uh, the judges were kind of there looking at all of this and seeing how you interact with people. And yeah, no, it's after that, then it's just we had the banquet dinner and you know, results. But you know, it was more or less kind of judges just kind of watching you all day, just kind of seeing what you're doing and kind of what kind of a person you are, really. And how many took part in this? Uh, there was 23 contestants this year, including myself. Um, It'd be kind of in around that number, kind of most years. So it's 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 a good number of lads to kind of be competing against, and kind of to be picked out of twenty three as as the winner. No, is I was shocked, um, but it's you know it's brilliant. And I guess what was your talent or what was your party piece for the? Uh, yeah, um, I sang a song. Um, I sang a song in Mockingbird Hill. I learned it years and years and years ago. Um, I don't know, it kind of popped into my head a few weeks ago, and I said sure. I need a party piece, so, so I might, might as well sing that. So it, everyone seemed to enjoy it, and you know. Oh, that's brilliant! You're going to have to give us an old tune, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> the, the voice isn't great now after the weekend. <laughs> so I guess, what do you think set you apart from the rest of the contestants? Uh, probably the million-dollar question. <laughs> um, you know. Last year's winner, um, Shane Quigley, he was a Mayo man, kind of said the same thing when he kind of got up and done his speech at the end of the evening. He says, why did I win kind of ahead of anybody else? And he says, I couldn't give you an answer, honest answer. And well, I, probably couldn't do, I probably couldn't give you an honest answer either. You know, I just went down and I, I was myself kind of, I don't know, I didn't do anything differently than I would normally do. I went for the crack and if things went well, they went well. And if they didn't, sure, you know, I, I was going to have a good time anyway, so... Yeah, it's it's a good weekend for everyone to kind of go out and meet new people and just, you know, have a bit of fun. Yeah, very much so, you know. Um, there was a lot of younger lads there, you know. It's great for their confidence even to get even involved in that. And the amount of new friends you meet at Mocker Weekends is just astronomical, you know. I, I've lifelong friends from Mocker and, you know, it, it's these types of events that, you know, they, they, they really make what Mocker is and, you know, anybody that's, been involved in mocker in any shape or form knows you just can't, you can't beat a mock crack at a mocker weekend anyway so you know I, I can never say enough good things about kind of weekends like that in, on mocker and kind of what what they can do for people you know personally and whatever that's so sweet and i guess for the younger the younger generation what advice would you give them um you know if they're looking to either improve their own personalities or even make a positive impact on those around them just get involved in things you know you know, there's an awful lot of negativity about a lot of things, but if you don't get involved and kind of try things, you know, you're never going to learn or grow or anything. So just just try your time at everything. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, whether it be mocker or sport or anything at all, just just try your arm. 
and that's so what exactly does does Makra do? What just tell us a little bit about the group itself because I know you're involved with the Mount Melek Makra. Yeah. Um Makra itself is a youth organization. Um for members for 17 up to 35 is what they kind of say but there've a lot of members up to 40 but um it is a youth organization. Um we've competitions and involvements for pretty much anything you can think of. Sports, uh, performing arts, public speaking, uh, the likes of these social events that at the weekends, you know, personality competitions, you know, anything you can think of, Mocker will have in some shape or form, and it's it's probably the best organisation for young people in the country, you know. Um, uh, it's nice for them to get to get together in a way and have all of this creativity and things to do because I guess since COVID it was tough to kind of get back out there and get involved in these things. Oh, very much so, you know. Um, COVID didn't help anything for anybody, you know, but Makara, in fairness to them, they were always trying something. They moved online and they had most of their competitions online and it still gave an avenue for a lot of people to socialise and interact and, you know, Makara is an awful lot, I have to say, people from, say, agriculture and farming backgrounds, you know, and it can be kind of a, a lonely place for people and that mockery just kind of kept those avenues of conversation open for people and you know it did an awful lot for people's mental health over those kind of two years and like we will continue to do it so i can never speak highly enough of mockery so it's 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 an absolutely unbelievable organization i love that and how can if someone is listening to this now and um they want to get involved with the mockery how can they well from from a medic point of view, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram and just contact them and we'll be in touch with you. But um, for anybody that's not around Momalik, you know, you, you can easily find your nearest club if you look up mokra.ie um, or you can contact any of your uh, county um, regions. So Leash Mokra or Offaly Mokra or Westmead Mokra, like everybody's kind of willing to get in contact with you and they'd, they'd only love to have new members on board. So I guess... How were your family and friends with you after they'd found out you'd won Mr. Personality? Um, just as shocked as I was, I think. <laughs> um, um, no, I was delighted, you know. Leash doesn't win an awful lot of things and you know, anything, you know, any title, you know, it's, it's going to be big for for the club and the county and everybody at home. So, you know, delighted is the best word for it. So I guess, what does the future hold now for Mr. Personality 2023? Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good question. Uh, so I'm going to have, I'll be a representative of the, of the festival for the next year anyway and kind of promote it and kind of encourage people to take part in the festival itself and mocker in general, you know. Um, and sure, who knows what the future will hold after that, but that's probably the starting point is just promoted and all the good things that the festival and Mokra does. And you, do you know what? You've been doing an absolutely fantastic job of it right now. So congratulations again for winning Mr. Personality. And I'm sure we'll be seeing amazing things from you in the in the future, Andrew. Thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem at all. And coming up after the break, popular comedian Enya Martin will be on the show with me here on Midlands 103. 
Encore in association with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Our bright and airy AIB gallery and cosy theatre bar can cater for smaller private events too. Your theatre, our home. DeanCrowTheatre.com Welcome back to Encore on Midlands 103 and the Mullingar Arts Centre has a very, very exciting comedy show coming on May 6th. Enya Martin's Ask Your Ma. So you might know Enya from her hilarious videos that she's posted on Facebook under the name Gizalaf. She's a Facebook sensation from her two-minute Facebook videos to hitting the comedy stage. She will make you laugh with her extreme sarcasm and character-based comedy. Enya, I am so excited to have you on with me tonight. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. I um, I hope I'm going up to Mullingar now on the sixth of May, like to do a show. So, oh, brilliant! I'm so excited. I can't wait for this. Oh, really? Yeah. I am fangirling a little bit because I've watched your videos for years. Yeah, it's hard to believe. It'd be. I, I think I put my first video up in 2014. It'd be ten years now at the end of the next year. Oh my god, ten years! Yeah, absolutely. I can't believe it's been that long. Like, no, well, I don't know whether we count the COVID years. but (laughs) Not in your age, anyway. Not in your age. Yeah. (laughs) My God, that's incredible. Do you have anything coming to to mark the 10 years or have you any ideas of how you're going to do that or... No, but it actually hasn't crossed my mind to do anything for it. I have till next December, so um, maybe I will, maybe I will... uh, I don't know, I never thought of marking the occasion, but it might be might be a content opportunity, yeah. Oh, definitely. I think that'd be brilliant. Oh, my God. Yeah, maybe do a big massive Vicar Street show or something and bring all the characters back. <laughs> <gasps> yeah. I mean, I have to ask, is, is Shanto going to be a part of the show in Mullingar? Um, she, I don't know about the costume, but, like, I do talk about friends that are like Shanto, you know, like I... Obviously, she's based on someone who I know, and um, yeah, I think we all have a friend that maybe goes on like her in ways, but uh, yeah, she won't be there in costume. How is it taking the leap from creating videos to doing a live stand-up comedy set? Yeah, so that kind of happened back in around, I'd say, twenty seventeen. Um, I was I was obviously doing the videos then about three years, and I kept getting asked, "Oh, would you do stand-up?" I was like, "Absolutely no way," and they were like, "Oh, you should consider it and stuff." And I was like quite happy to just do videos online and hide behind a screen and not have to stand. Not that I fear standing up in front of like an audience, but having to make them laugh and waiting to hear them laugh is, is a was like terrifying to me. You know, at least if you could hide behind a screen online, you wouldn't have to hear it. But I got um I got roped into it. Wheeland's comedy club was called Pop the Cherry, and they used to have an opening spot for beginners, and they roped me into it. We're like, come on, five minutes, you'll be grand. So I just basically went about it the same way I write jokes for my videos. It was a different kind of style because you're kind of telling a story and you have longer to tell it on stage as opposed to a video. Um, so that took me a while to learn. But when I done it, I actually really enjoyed it. And I felt like at ease on stage as if to say, like, you know, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Like, And ever since then, I started doing a couple of clubs. I eventually left the internship that I was in. And my manager approached me then a couple of months later. That was the October. He approached me in, in the January and uh, we started doing live shows. Now, the first couple of shows were sketch shows where I was using like the, the characters and stuff because that's what I was doing back then. I was still doing those videos. And um, then eventually, as I started building up more material, I ended up doing solo stand-up shows. Your videos have had me in stitches uh, on so many times. Like I know you've done stories with Rory stories and then you know, when you mock your mom and the getting ready for nights out videos. I've just, I've laughed through them all. So your tour, Ask Your Ma, 
is all about your latest life experience. How is life going right now? Yeah, so I, I'm obviously with my, my other half now, uh, Gareth. I'm with him. I have to say my partner now because I'm over 40. But I uh, <laughs> can't really say boyfriend anymore, can you, when you get past 40? I but, don't uh, know. Huh? <laughs> but we, we're together now, like, 14, 15 years. And uh, we moved in then, like, at the start of lockdown. Like, I think COVID hit in the March. We moved in in the October um, into a granny flat. It was mum's back garden. Now, it's, it's, it's uh, really small. Like, one of us goes to the toilet. You have to leave the window open for a week. But um, he's... He's been, he's been grand to live with, like, but I've noticed, obviously, you don't know someone until you live with them, so I've picked up on a habit, very OCD when it comes to certain things, like, you know, the washing, like, he's obsessed with washing the clothes and just, like, really being on top of the washing basket all the time. He hates seeing a full washing basket, and I'm like, relax, it's fine, we'll get them dry, it's not the end of the world, especially when we come home from holidays, he's having a meltdown, trying to gut the suitcases. But um, even when I'm coming home after a long day and I'm taking my clothes off and he's coming in and he's helping me, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? And he's like, are you mad? There's a full colour wash due to go on and there's gale force in outside. Get them off, yeah. Like, he doesn't take any time. So, like, yeah, that's what it's been like living with him and just like how men are mammied and stuff and, you know, you, you know, it's little things like, my man doesn't do it like this and what way are you doing that? My man never done it like that. So, uh, yeah, mothers, Irish mothers and their sons, that's a, that's a big part of the show. No, it's so true though. I know it's the same with my boyfriend. It's little things like doing the dishes or make the bed. It's uh, it's it's hard to get. It was hard to get used to our force. We clashed a lot because he's so OCD with certain things, and I'm really laid back. So we had to kind of meet halfway in the middle, being like, "Look, I'm not OCD. I'll try my best, but you have to accept that, you know." Yeah, it's n- it's never easy, but your videos on it are hilarious. What is your favorite part of doing the tours? Um. Like it's 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 exciting because you know after the first I had I have two tours. Well, I had like my first tour was called Would You Be Able, and this is the second one now called Ask Your Ma. And I suppose I was really nervous doing the first show of this tour because you know you're testing out jokes. You're like, will they land? Will they not? Like it's a big gamble that you're taking because you're like sometimes you can be greeted with absolute silence and people. Like you're saying to yourself, I don't think they realised that was the punchline, and like you do make mistakes like that. And it does happen sometimes. That's very early on, like the teething issues. But the most exciting part of it, I would say, is you know when the big laughs are coming up. So you know, like, I know in this, like, this, like, next sentence, or, you know, once I deliver this joke, like, the place is going to be an uproar. Like, you actually anticipate the huge laughter and you get it. And, um, yeah, that's, like, the probably most enjoying part of it because you know, like, that, um, like, look, just stay listening to this story. There's a big payoff at the end, and then there always is, you know. I love that. And if you had to pick between creating videos and being on stage, which would you pick? Um, 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 um. See, they both have their pros and their cons. Like, I would say, obviously, the videos are a lot easier because I can do them any day of the week whenever I want and it fits into my schedule. But the live shows, like, you know, you're, you're getting hyped up that Saturday morning, you're driving down the country or whatever it is. And, you know, it can it can be very, I suppose, strenuous mentally because I beat myself up a lot. Like, I don't know, I'm sure a lot of comedians do, but like, I hope this is a good show. I hope I do well. I hope it's what I expect it to be. And then, you know, it always is. You always come off stage being delighted with it. But, like, it does take a lot of you mentally. But the videos are just, like, they're, they're a lot more fun to make because they're a lot more relatable. Like, there's certain videos that work online and that if I was to do it on stage, it wouldn't work. So... Yeah, they both have their pros and their cons, but I would probably go for live. 
Yeah, I'd, I'd go for live as well. And I'm very excited to see you in the Mullingar Arts Centre on the 6th of May. So what can we expect from the, from the night? Uh, yeah, so it's just myself. I have a support act as well. And I come out for a few minutes and, you know, have a bit of crack. And then I bring my support act on. And then I come on down for about an hour and a bit. And I'm just talking basically about, you know, what life has been like after touring in Turkey, my friends having kids. I'm the only one in my friend group that doesn't have kids, you know, how times have changed um, amongst the WhatsApp group, nights out with my friends, and then obviously living with the other half. And like, you know, most comedy shows when you go to see male comics, they take the they take the Mikael women living with women, but now it's uh, women's torn to take the Mikael men. So that's what you can get from this show. If you're coming with your fella, um, he's going to be, I suppose, sinking in a sea. <laughs> the tables have turned. We now have our yeah. turn. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's definitely like 90% of the show is, is women who come to see me. Like, so um, you're definitely a girl's night. Oh, I can't wait. And I know I said it earlier, but will some of our favourite characters be on stage? Like, I know Shanto is going to be there, but who else can we see? Um, well, I'll definitely be morphing into my mom for some parts of the show. So I might not be in the house co, but the voice will be there. No, oh, I love the house co. I'm, I'm the same when I go back home now. I have the dressing gown wrapped around me and the glasses on. So I look like my mother when I go home. But I'm not, I'm not that old yet. I don't have any kids yet. Thank God. Oh yeah, and I was saying like I I love my freedom, so that that's a, a big part of the show as well. Like slagging my friends who do have kids and how how easy I have it. Oh yeah, no, I mean I have a dog and she's my baby, and that's kind of as far as I'll go for now. <laughs> and I'm the same with me cat. Like I I live with a baby. Like I'm I'm basically rearing a baby. So yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, I, I, I completely, completely get that. But no, very, very excited for your show. And if anyone wants tickets, it's mullingerartscentre.ie. And you thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. No, thanks for having me. Looking forward to the 6th of May. Yeah, I'm very excited. I think I've said it about four times now. I think people get it. But yeah, very excited to see you on the Saturday. Thanks, Shannon. Big thanks again to Enya for coming on and joining me tonight on the show. And tickets for Enya's Ask Your Ma comedy show in the Mullingar Arts Centre on May 6th are available at mullingarartscentre.ie. I will be there and I hope to see you there. We're going to take a quick break. And when I come back, you'll hear from Caroline Copland, founder of the CAP Awards for self-published writers. More on that right after these on Midlands 103. Midlands 183's Encore with the Dean Crow Theatre and Arts Centre Athlone. Live theatre, drama, dance, music, comedy, musical theatre, panto. Your home of entertainment for all. DeanCrowTheatre.com You are back with Shannon Fogarty on Encore and the CAP Awards for Independent Irish Authors are now open for submissions. So CAP Award founder Caroline Copland joins me now. Caroline, how are you? Hello, Shannon. It's lovely to speak to you. How are you? Very good. And thank you for coming on because I know you're soaking up the sun in lovely Spain at the minute. I am. I'm actually watching the sunset behind the hills at the moment. It's very beautiful. Oh, well, I have to say, at least the weather here is nice. So as as jealous as I am. So I've heard. (laughs) It's not too bad. So I guess, can you tell us a little bit more about the CAP Awards? Yes, of course. Um, I had to, after an accident, I had to finish my um, job as a primary school teacher and I needed a project 
back in 2015. So in 2016, I set up the Carousel Aware Prize for Independent Authors. I'm an independent author myself, and one of the hardest things as a a self-published author is getting shelf space in shops, basically, and getting your book out there and getting known. And I just thought it would be great to bring the cream of Irish self-published authors to the top and bring those books that are really, really good and get them into all the the bookshops nationally, get them through Eason's and Dubray and get get the authors well known. So I also wanted to do it for uh, a charity. A lot of people in my family suffer from um, mental health illness. So we have used the charity AWARE for many, many years as a family, all of us. So I just feel that that was the best fit for me um, for fundraising. So each of the submission, um, the money for each submission goes towards AWARE. And all the committee, the judges, everybody who's working on the CAP awards are doing it uh, for charity. So nobody is getting any salaries. So everything goes into the AWARE um, kitty. So um, it was... Uh, 2016 and 2017, we had the last awards. And then, unfortunately, I had a series of operations, so I wasn't able to run it. And so this is, and then COVID happened. So this is the first year that we're back with the CAP Awards. And um, some of the authors who were shortlisted and who were winners in the categories before went on to do extremely well for themselves as authors in the book world. So I really feel it's a a cause that's... um, very worthy on both a sort of books and mental health. So it's a, it's a win-win situation, double whammy, as they say. It definitely is a win-win situation. And for anyone that isn't aware of what AWARE is, they are a non-profit organisation that provides education, support and information on mental health, particularly depression, bipolar disorder and positive mental health, which is very important these days, especially since after COVID, to be taking care of your mental health. And so it's I think it's a fantastic job that you're doing to have aware on and to be doing this as well for self-published writers. So how can people submit their work if they want to get involved and when is the deadline? Well, the deadline is the 1st of June and to submit your book. So there, there are six categories that we have this year. So we have the fiction um, novel category and that is being judged by Zoe Miller. We have the non-fiction, which is being judged by Patricia O'Reilly. Then we have the young adult, which has been being judged by Elizabeth Murray. The um, anthology, which is being judged by Orna Ross. And then the children's section, which is being judged by Emma Jane Leeson. And um, then we will have um, a book cover category as well. So the best book cover, because again, putting that book up on the shelf in a shop, you know, so which book cover is the the most eye-catching. So six different categories for for awards this year. And the website where all the information is, is at www.capawards.ie. And all the information about how to submit and the submission page and the forms, anything to fill out, is all on that website. So um, to go along to that, then you will find everything you need to know. So we are hopeful this year, more than most, we were very lucky that the committee um, of people, we have Dolores Keevney in the Midlands working on the counties within the Midlands and we have Jane Buckley up north. We have somebody in the, we have um, Rachel Drury from buythebook.ie in the west 
and then um, down in Listowel we have uh, Jeremy Murphy and then we have myself and Pam Leckie and uh, Anne O'Leary on the east. So we, we're really trying to grab hold of the whole of Ireland and uh, make sure it's um, a big, roaring success so that we will have submissions from all over Ireland. So we'd love to hear from people in the Midlands who are listening to your radio station who um, have a book that they've written and would like to submit it to um, to the CAP Awards and, uh, you know, just feel, you know, have, have faith in your book, have faith in the fact that it might go through. Books that authors who didn't think that they, you know, might go anywhere ended up being shortlisted in other awards and just having that, you know, under their um, their name that they were shortlisted for the award really did wonders for them, you know. So just getting it out there, getting people to know your name. And it's, that's uh, it. It's it's sometimes difficult. I know I've had a number of um, authors on that have, have self-published their own books and it can be a, a tough and scary process to do it and to get your work recognised. So to have something like this that they can submit their work and, and, and have it recognised like this is fantastic for them. I think so. And it's it's a bit of a, it, you know, it is a, a slog trying to get your, your work out there. Now, I know that for traditionally published authors, it's pretty tough nowadays as well. Um, you know, you might have the name of the publisher behind your book, but you're the one who has to do all the marketing and get out and put your name out there and do all the talks and the signings and, and go everywhere. So it's, you know, similar in that way to an independently published author. But, you know, just um, being an independently published author, there's still that, you know, there are still people who will say, oh, I'm not reading that, you know, um, it's not traditionally published. And so you, you have to sort of fight your way through. So this this award, you know, it's bringing the best to the top so people can look at that book or look at this shortlist and say they are going to be good because they have gone through um, the CAP Awards and, you know, they come out to the top of it. So it's definitely worth um, submitting your book if you have one there. And, and if you know somebody else who has um, who has written a book that mightn't be listening this evening, that they might you might let them know that uh, to have a look at that website. And it's it's because I had I had two authors on, so I had Donna Mills on before, and she had written a children's book, and it was one of her first children's book that she'd written. And I also had Sean Brannock who wrote. Um, basically how to create horror films. So there've been some incredible Ooh. books that people have I know it's been brilliant. And it's the, they were both self-published as well. So I'll definitely reach out to them and let I, them know that this is this is here for them. indeed. And and certainly I think with self-published books um when you independently publish your book quite often the subject matter is a little bit different um sometimes than you know the thing, things that you're not that your average reader is reading out there. So it is nice sometimes to sort of say, well, I think I'll try something different, and maybe you might get that within a self-published book. Sometimes more often than a, a traditionally published book. And it's it's scary enough for some authors. I know when I spoke to Donna, it was trying to find the process of going around and doing it. So I guess this is a great way for self-published authors to come together and kind of help each other out. I think so. And, you know, just the the self-published community of authors, you know, really do help each other. And there are, there are quite some, some quite good groups that do help help each other out. Um, but it, it does feel very solitary sometimes. And I know, like I had, my last book was published in November um, 22. And 
you just really trying to get on and get you know that book out into the shops and get it you know well known um even though I'd had two books before it's still a bit of a slog you know um it's still quite difficult and without the community of independent published published authors you know I I would be hard set to try and sort of do all that by myself um and so there there are and I think there are a lot of um, assisted publishing companies now as well that have uh, helped and, and of course they are considered independently published books even if you do use an assisted publisher um, because not everybody is able to sort of tackle marketing and uh, IT skills <laughs> like my own um, might be a little bit lacking but uh, it's still considered an in- inter, um, independently published book so you know if you have used an assisted publisher as well then you're very welcome to submit your book too and the categories again for anyone that's listening is fiction non-fiction young adult children anthologies and best book cover Caroline, thank you so much for joining me and taking time out. Not at all, Shannon. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much for, for listening and for having us and getting the word out there. Anytime. So if you have published your own book, this is something you should definitely look into. So go to capawards.ie. And if this is your first time, do it. Nothing is stopping you. And if you don't try, you will never know. And that's something that I've gotten from a lot of my guests that have come on is that they've taken the leap They've taken the jump, they've gone and done it, and it's worked out. And even if it hasn't and they've got rejected, they've kept trying. Because you know what? Good things always happen in the end. Thank you so much to Caroline for coming on and explaining all of that. She is just the nicest woman. And she's taken time out of her... Actually, Caroline, where in Spain are you? I am in Benalmadena, near Malaga. So right down in the south of Andalusia. So if anyone I have a lot of family any... living here. Oh, fabulous. Well, sure, if anyone is looking for any <laughs> my, holiday my idea book. destinations, this, yeah. is, this is the place oh, to go. Absolutely. My last book was set here, so um, which uh, sort of made me love, it all, love writing it all the more because it was set somewhere different, so it's nice. And what was your place. last book? Oh, it's called Mosaic, and it's set between the 1940s and the present day, set between Ireland and Andalusia. So it's set just in the post-Franco time as Spain was struggling through uh, everything here. So um, and the main character ends up in Ireland. She's um, as an immigrant to Ireland from the Franco War. So um, it's it's based there, and she leaves behind her family. So it's a case of uh, and and then in um, present day time, a character called Shona Moran comes to investigate what happened to her grandmother before she went to Ireland. So she's looking back at that time as well. So I think people who like historical fiction and contemporary fiction, you know, seem to go for go for that kind of book. That sounds absolutely brilliant. Again, Caroline, thank you so much for coming on. Not at all, Shannon. Thank you very much for having me. She is just the sweetest woman. Again, to get involved in the CAP Awards, it's CAP Awards. That is all the time we have for tonight. But just before, I have a quick couple of mentions I said I'd give a shout out. So, Athlone Little Theatre, they're kicking off their Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf by Edward Albion, directed by Ollie Hegarty this Thursday, so tonight, and runs until April 27th. 
on at 7.30. There's a Sunday matinee as well on April 23rd at 3pm. So make sure you go and get your tickets for that. Thank you to everyone that's come on the show tonight. Thank you for listening. I wouldn't have a show if it wasn't for you, so thank you. I'll be back next Thursday from 7 until 8 with more of what's happening in the arts in Leash, Offaly and Westmead. And there's always something absolutely incredible going on. But stay right here on Midlands 103 as the incredible, the lovely, the most talented man, Joe Cooney, is up next with Country Roads. Have a great Thursday and a great weekend and I will chat to you next Thursday.